Hi, everybody. It's John Dickerson. Welcome or welcome back to the Connection Point podcast. At the end of this episode, I'd encourage you to take a moment and check out cp.news on your web browser. Connection Point is a church that is fully online, and you can follow Jesus one day at a time from anywhere in the world with us. Well, I pray this message inspires you and challenges you today to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, hello, church. Uh, Like Pastor John said, we're in a series called Find Hope Here. This is part four of five. We'll wrap it up next weekend. We're looking to God's word and just letting him speak into this this uh, definition of hope and where to find hope and how to grow our hope in particular through Jesus and what he has in mind for us. And um, I know that there's some of you that in the last couple of weeks, or maybe it's been one of those heavy couple of months, you've been carrying an awful lot and uh, needing that deeper sense of hope. Others of you, maybe it's the season where uh, you've got hope in abundance, and I'm always praying that that's the case for you, um, but when circumstances change and things get hard in the future, um, we always know where we can go to find our hope. Um, you know, about three, four years ago, back in Arizona, um, I, I went to do the kid pickup from school. I, I, I drove over to the school, picked the kids up, and um, the schools in Arizona weren't quite as organized as they are here. And so it's kind of a difficult thing to get in line and figure out which line you're supposed to be in and wait there for your kids, especially in those opening couple of weeks. It's kind of a zoo. And so at the time, we owned a minivan. Which, by the way, if, if you ever drive a minivan, part of your soul just kind of dies. Uh, and so I'm already driving over slump-shouldered and uh, pull into line in the Toyota Soul Sucker and uh, get in line waiting for my kids. And I'm, I'm in line for about 15 minutes. And then I realize I, I'm in the wrong line. And so now I need to get out of this line, which requires me to merge into an actual road where cars are coming by. And kind of uh, because I was so depressed being in the minivan and then also because I'm nervous because now I don't know which line I'm supposed to be in, I pulled out into traffic way too hastily and had not checked uh, behind me properly. And I heard a full four-wheel lockup. Someone behind me had had to slam on their brakes. I mean, the full slam on, you heard the screeching, and I saw a lady in my rearview mirror. I could see her expression as she was getting closer and closer. Now, now she got within inches of cramming into my back bumper, which left me with mixed feelings because quite honestly... (laughs) Part of me was hoping that she would have totaled the soul sucker, but I also didn't want anything bad to happen to her. So it was okay. But it was so bad. Like in my rear view, I could see things in her car flying toward her windshield. And so this was a scary sort of experience. Thankfully, it ended fine, but I felt horrible. And my overwhelming sense was just, man, I'm awful. This is really bad. I wish I could apologize. I wish I could make this right. 
but I, I needed to get going, get out of her way. I pulled up a, a, about a half a mile up ahead into the right line and she continued on. And the whole time I'm waiting to pick up the kids, I'm just thinking, my goodness, I wish I could just kind of make this better somehow. And uh, picked up the kids. We needed to stop at the grocery store on our way home. So we pull into the grocery store and as we, we pull in, get out of the car, we're walking into the grocery store and I see that same lady driving in to the same parking lot. So here's my opportunity. I said, kids, just go ahead inside. I'll catch up with you in a minute. Daddy needs to go apologize. And so I walked over to this lady and I said, excuse me, ma'am. And, and she kind of turned around and her eyes got big. You know, it's a little scary. I look odd. And so, <laughs> so I, I said, I, I'm so sorry. I'm the idiot that... Uh, that pulled out in front of you there. And uh, that was totally my, I just was not paying attention. I'm so distracted with where to pick up the kids. And I saw how hard you had to slam on the brakes. That had to be terrifying and add to stress in your day. So I, I'm just apologizing, Su super sorry about that. And she goes, oh, well, thanks. I, I couldn't be that mad because you're my pastor. <laughs> And as bad as I felt, and then for weeks and weeks and weeks, this lady would come up to me, emerge from the crowded church, and hey, remember me? Oh yeah, I do, I remember <laughs> the terrified eyes in my rear view. That's forever spot-welded into my memory. And, and yet God like made it right, you know? It was one of those like surfacey, kind of lame sort of things that happen all the time, but where the, the, the virtues of grace and mercy exist, there's also opportunity for like reconciliation and redeeming what had been a bad situation and turning it into something good. And then on this macro level, I just started to think, that's what God does. That, that's core to his nature and it's core to the way he operates is to take bad things and then make something good out of them. He's the great redeemer. He's the great reconciler. He's the great healer. He takes beauty uh, from ashes. He takes healing from brokenness. And what we're gonna talk about today is this really odd concept, but a blessed one, that he takes our suffering and actually uses that to build hope in us. This side of heaven, suffering, hardship, difficulties, challenges, struggles, they are just a thing we are gonna have to face over and over and over and over and over again. And rather than leave that the case, this bleak sort of, well, this side of heaven, it's just gonna be horrible forever. God has built into the system the ability for you and I to experience suffering and yet that be the catalyst for you to actually grow more hope, to experience more hope. What I want to kind of hammer home is this idea that there is a process to hope. Most of us would like that immediately when suffering challenges, affliction hits, that instantaneously we access all the hope that we need to get through the suffering and the hardship. That would be really nice if we could jump straight to the hope from the suffering. Now, as 
the process of hope does its work, we will get there. But hope isn't always like a light switch that you can just turn on and immediately access, is it? Sometimes you're going through the challenges and the difficulties and what you start to experience more and more is just frustration and doubt and questions and exhaustion and whatnot. Not that God can't show up in an instant and miraculously bring hope to your heart. He could do that. But God actually is, is more often found using experiences that are challenging to build hope in us. That's what I wanna take a look at in the scriptures right here today. I wanna ask you the question, what if, what if your circumstances didn't get better, but through the process of some icky circumstances, you got better. Would it be worth it? Now, again, I'm with you. Typically when I'm praying or what I'm hoping for is a pretty quick change to my circumstances. I want this to stop or this to start. I want this to be provided or I want this to go away. I want more of this or I want less of that. It's circumstantial based is kind of how I tend to operate even when it comes to my prayer life, right? Asking of God. But what I'm coming to discover more and more is, yeah, we're in this broken down, beat up world. And these circumstances of hardship are just gonna come kind of wave after wave after wave. But the beauty of the Lord is that he works even in those things and through those things to change me, to make me better, to make us better, so that as the waves keep coming, they actually become less and less significant or maybe just less and less devastating because we have developed a strength of character and a strength of relationship with him that outlasts the circumstantial stuff. And that's the process of hope. Romans chapter five, if you have your Bible, I'd love for you to turn there. If you've got it on your phone or an app for that, then pull that up Romans chapter five, about three quarters of the way through your Bible, if you're not real familiar, you'll find this letter that was written to Roman believers, and it is absolutely rich. Romans chapter five, verse one. It says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith. Uh, can, can we do something real quick, just for a second? Um, Okay, so oftentimes when you open up God's word, there are these really beautiful, rich phrases that emerge. They are truths that God is speaking to us. And they're so rich that we should not rush past them. And so there's something that I've kind of been putting into practice that maybe we could kind of participate in together now, as always, um, you don't have to do what I tell you, but what would be cool is, um, as we read through, if there's a phrase or a thought that God has communicated to you in his word that like kind of hits you, that might otherwise deserve like a right on or amen 
or woohoo, or maybe you're not into that and you can't muster actual words, just a mmm. That'll do, okay? So I'm an introvert, so I typically hate when the people on stage who are often extroverts elicit extroverted behavior from me. So I would hate this if I were you right now. So if that's you, (laughs) um, some of the people in my life that are like that have actually helped grow me because there's some stuff that should not just be left unresponded to. And this handful of words that we're gonna read are such words. And so if if that's still too much for you, at least would you do this for me? Do the mmm in your heart, okay? So let it affect you. And then I've been putting this in practice when I read the word on my own to slow me down and just really soak up what God's communicating and all the beauty here. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, mmm, yeah, we have peace with God, yeah, that's huge. Because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Hmm. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. I love that. And we confidently and joyfully Look forward to sharing God's glory. Amen. See, see, that's that's big picture hope. At first pass, you might go, I don't know how that applies to the hope that I really need in this relationship or the hope that I need at work right now or the hope that I need in my finances or the hope of this health issue I'm facing or whatever. And yet, This is such big picture hope. I I would argue that this is the most important hope that we need to remind ourselves of because this has to do with our salvation. It has to do with our eternity with the Lord. It has to do with a proper understanding of who we are in light of who God is. This is the big picture hope that because of Jesus and all that he's done for me and you, You and I went from being an enemy of God to a friend of God. We went from having hostility in our relationship with our maker to having peace. We went from being separated from God because of our sin to being close and intimate with him. And and that is stuff that's afforded us for all eternity. And I think that is quite the hope. And and that gives me hope about the future. It gives me hope about what lies for us someday, that these troubles that we face here, they are real, they are legitimate, but they will not have the last word. Our light and momentary troubles, they're real. But the glory that's coming for us far outweighs the stuff that we're gonna face right here and right now. Why is it, you guys, that maybe it's just me, but, but for me, I totally trust God with my eternity. I totally trust God with, with my salvation. Then why don't I trust him in my day-to-day? It's the same God. 
And he's just as concerned. And if he can do what he did to afford me and you eternal life with him, can he not get us through the day-to-day challenges and afflictions? You bet. And that's actually where it goes next in Romans. Chapter three and four give some context to suffering. It says we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Huh. For we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. The NIV says it very succinctly. The NIV says it this way. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. There is the supernatural process of how God desires to build hope in me and you. This is a supernatural process that God is going to start and then carry on to completion in me and you, where he wants to grow this this hope in you. He doesn't wanna just leave you hopeless in the middle of suffering. And your day-to-day problems and trials can be a cause for rejoicing because it is the first step in hope being built for you. Now, we gotta be completely honest. I believe wholeheartedly that our sufferings are a magnifier of whatever's going on in here. You know, a magnifying glass and whatever you put that over, it magnifies or amplifies the size of what is actually there. Now, the problem is if we are angry, prideful, lustful people, then when sufferings come, what gets magnified is our anger and our pride and our lust or whatever it is that you struggle with. But the same is true when we are people of God who who have opened up our hearts to the work of the spirit, we've got a soul, a heart that has soft soil that's just kind of receiving the seed of God's word and the activity of the Holy Spirit in us. And then good fruit is starting to to blossom. And you, you show me someone who is full of spiritual life and vigor, someone who's full of wisdom, someone who's full of grace, someone who's full of humility, and then sufferings come then those things, their humility and grace and wisdom, those will be magnified in those people and their suffering. And and what God's saying is, let me plant the seed of hope in you. And then during the process of what you're experiencing, if you allow them, the sufferings will actually allow hope to grow as counterintuitive as that feels. So so here's the the process of hope. Here's God's way of building hope. This is his way. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character produces 
hope. That's how God grows hope. That's the process. That's the journey that we take. So you, you look at that process, you look at that journey, and you say, my goodness, okay, I do. I think I need some more hope. How, how many of you online or here in the room feel like you could use some more hope? Okay, fantastic. Then we need to take a little biblical journey back through that same scripture that God just gave us. If you need more hope, then it begs the question, where does hope come from? And according to the word of God, hope comes from character. Now, that is a God-given gift that he happens to transport or deliver through the vehicle of your character or your maturity, stability, your integrity, maybe some other synonyms for, for character. Hope comes from your character. And so if there's a real lack of hope in your life, not as a condemnation, but just as a help, a tool, an evaluation, God's just saying, take a look at your character first. And it's not necessarily maybe that you have bad character yet, maybe it's just immature or young. It's early in the stages of character development, especially the type of character that God wants to develop. And so you got, I need more hope. Where does hope come from? It comes from your character. And you go, gosh, well then, I need more character. I need stronger character. And you'd be right. And that begs the question, then where does character come from? Well, according to the word of God, character comes from perseverance. Character comes from endurance. It comes from the courage to just not give up. That, that's where character comes from. The more that you persevere, the more that you endure, the more that you just keep going. The process of keeping going develops your character and strength thereof that leads to you having more hope. We go, gosh, and it sounds like I need to persevere more. I need more perseverance. So it begs the question, where does perseverance come from? And here's the icky part. Perseverance gets built through a lot of hardship and suffering. The good news is, this world provides plenty of it. <laughs> We're never at a lack of hardship and suffering and affliction, challenges, difficulties, struggles, right? That bank account is always full. And it's an opportunity, actually. It's an opportunity for, for God to take that which is actually legitimately unpleasant product of the fall, this broken world that we live in, and still in his hands, use it to bring something good, hope. So, so between suffering and hope is this really weird, intricate process of perseverance building character. And so really coming to grips with, with 
the scope and the meaning and the importance of perseverance and the process whereby character is developed as perseverance, endurance, keeping going happens. Once we allow the work of perseverance and character development to take place, the more hope that you're gonna have. That, that's, that's the truth. Now, that's not truth that I like to hear. I, I don't really wanna deliver one. I don't wanna learn about perseverance. I, I don't wanna learn about character development. It started from the beginning, right? I remember when I was a little kid, my grandfather used to say, Ronnie, go ahead, make sure you eat your veggies because it'll put hair on your chest. And I'm like, Pop, I'm three years old. Like, well, I, I'm a little early for the hair on the chest. And then as I grew up, I found that he used to tell my mom the exact same thing. It makes no sense. But the principle, the concept is something that we're familiar with at the beginning, and that is that there are some things in life that we find unpleasant at the time, we'd rather not do, we'd rather not operate a certain way or ingest this or take part in this particular practice. And yet we also know if we do, there's a lot of health that comes with it. And persevering and allowing our character to be strengthened and developed is one of those beautiful, important, and yet really difficult things that a lot of people just shy away from. Perseverance and character development. This is the crux. This is the key. This is the core thing that God uses to allow us to tap into a deep reservoir of hope. There's a couple caveats though. The process of hope, I like the simplicity that scripture uses here of uh, suffering leads to perseverance, perseverance leads to character, and character leads to hope. But, but you understand, right, that, that that's predicated on a couple ifs. Perseverance is built up if we don't give up easily. Because by definition, perseverance or endurance is to keep going. It's to not give up. And so if we are constantly faced with uh, something that we need to persevere through, a faith step that we need to take, uh, a workout plan that we need to practice, uh, an area of conflict that we, we should actually address and wade into rather than avoid. Um, um, avoiding a certain temptation, you gotta persevere and endure through the temptation and not give in to it, give up to it. Then that's when perseverance takes place. And so, the hard part on this, you guys, is that thing that I know that there's so many of you that are right now, you, you are under the weight of some horribly difficult things. I mean, stuff that I can't even begin to imagine. The, the weight of what it is that you're facing right now. It, it's, it's beyond comprehension. Or for some of you, you've had a lot of weight, but it's just been 
so many times that you've had to experience the suffering and the heart over and over and over again, that that's what's getting almost too much to bear? I understand that. But, but I also call us back to perseverance. What the enemy wants to do is to steal, kill, and destroy. The last thing the enemy wants you to do is persevere. The last thing the enemy wants to do in any area of your life is to keep going in God's direction. The minute that he can give, get you to give up, then there goes the hope and there goes hopelessness with it. And there's nothing more bleak than hopelessness. But giving your, your all to him every single day, it's, it's a lot of effort. I get it. And when the hardship comes and it's even more difficult to give your all to him, Galatians 6, 9, such a classic reminder, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. And I've had plenty of seasons where I gave up too soon or avoided the conflict or avoided the difficulty. I did not persevere. And then that did not build any character. And then I therefore did not experience any hope. It hinged first for me on the perseverance part. And at the risk of sounding incredibly overly simplistic, like, like whatever it is that you're facing or dealing with today, please just like hear from the Lord. Just don't give up. Don't give up. There's something really important and really beautiful just around the bend. It may not have to do with the change of circumstances, but it might have to do with better equipping you, strengthening you to keep going if you persevere. Character, character is built, but only if we learn only if we learn more about ourselves, more about our God, as we endure one hard thing after another. Character will not be built if we tune out, numb out, turn the radar off, put the antenna down when we're in the midst of trials and sufferings. But if the antenna is up and we're listening to the Lord and we're seeking the Lord and we're inviting him in as we've heard to the gaps and to the everyday stuff over the last couple of weeks, then he'll be teaching some things to you about you that you desperately need and you probably wouldn't have learned about yourself when things were great. You might even catch some really important things that God wanted to reveal to strengthen your faith in him and your hope in him that had you tuned out or not been trying to learn through the midst of the challenges, you would have missed out on that aspect of developing your, your character and your strength. You know, not that you need my permission at all for this, you guys, but can we just be okay with the reality that sometimes perseverance and character development are really messy. That's okay. It might be two steps forward and one step back. It might be a good day of enduring and then a not good day following that. 
It might be struggling with, I don't really want any more strengthening of my character. Thank you very much today. And you just need to take a nap or there's an actual failure of it. Let's extend the grace to each other who are trying to persevere, but not being perfect at it, that it's messy and that's okay. And let's extend that grace to ourselves because God is, we've got a sympathetic high priest in Jesus that knows what it's like to be human and he gets how hard it is. He knows the tough patches, one after another, after another, and after another. And so it's gonna be messy, but we gotta keep going and we gotta keep learning in the midst of the challenges. It's like this with these emojis that you can see. Most of us, when we're cruising along down the path of life and you hit the fire, you hit the trial, you hit the challenge, most of us, our initial response is one of two things. That is to run away from the challenge, the difficulty, or detour around it. Typically, when it comes to life, there are no good spiritual shortcuts. And if you've got a temptation to run the opposite direction or detour around or take a shortcut, you should kind of have the alarm start to go off. This is probably not the best course of action. Most of us, though, that's the temptation. God's heart for me and you, though, is when we see the fire, the trial, the temptation, God's heart is that we would go through it, not run away, not run around, but we'd go through it with his help. And his help comes in the form of his actual spirit will comfort you. His actual spirit will strengthen you when you ask for it. He's given you help in his word to give you some guidance and direction. He's also given us help with the body of Christ, with each other. And there's nothing better than when you face trials, hardships, suffering, and you don't have to do it alone. And God has made a number of provisions that you don't have to suffer alone. And when you get into the fire, there's gonna be another moment now where you're feeling the burn, where you're like, I gotta get out of here. And that's another crucible sort of moment where you gotta keep going with his help because sometimes that, that suffering is long. But when you come out the other side, you're stronger. You are. Your understanding of yourself is stronger. Your understanding of him is stronger. It's just the way it works. Now, the next time that you go through another set of sufferings, it's amazing because you'll, you'll have a strengthened character because you persevered once. You can look back and you go, ooh, I went through something hard before. And God got me through it. And last time he taught me this about myself and he taught me this about himself and okay, I don't wanna do this any more than I did last time. But God's track record's pretty good, so I'll get through. And then you do that a dozen times, 20 times. Some of you had to do that 50, 60, 70 times already. You're old <laughs> and you're weathered. But if you've been walking with him, I can almost guarantee that you're also more hopeful than the rest of us. 
because you have seen him work and you've learned along the way. Now, this, this concept appears you know, in, in other areas. We're familiar with this in other areas of, of life. Here's a picture with a handful of things. You know, you've got silver. If you're familiar with the process of them refining silver, it's kind of interesting if you're not. They take silver and then what they do to turn it into pure silver is they put heat to it. And the silver turns to a liquid form and as it's coming to essentially a boil, the impurities within the silver rise to the surface. And those impurities are called the dross. And then they scrape off the dross and they continue that process of refining over and over and over again. The heat gets put to it, more impurities rise, they scrape it out. They let it settle, bring it to heat again. If there's any more impurities, they're gonna rise. And the silversmith would know that the silver is finally reached its full purity when he or she could look into the face of the silver and see his or her reflection back. And that's the same thing with me and you with regard to our sufferings. The heat is put to us, but it becomes an opportunity for a refining of us, a burning off of some things of our old self that should have probably gone away a long time ago. But now they've come to the surface and there's a moment there where we wrestle with God. Are we gonna let him take it? Or are we gonna hang on to that stuff? And then he allows us time and time again, the repetition of it, to root out some stuff and rid some icky stuff from our lives. And someday we're gonna look down and the face of Jesus will be evident in us. So clear looking right back at us. It's that reality that the more that we overcome, the more that we actually become who he's called us to become in the first place. I think one of the hallmark of believers is that we are overcomers. We are perseverers. We are those who do not give up. We don't shrink back, even when the heat gets put to us. Why? Because it's developing some character and it's bringing some hope. And especially when we're suffering for the sake of Jesus, then it's worth it. It's doing something in us but it's also magnifying the face of Jesus to people all over the place. It's the same principle with weightlifting, muscle building, not that I would know, but <laughs> when, when you build muscle, you have to put resistance against it. You push against the weight and it's actually the tearing apart of the muscles that as they rebuild, they rebuild bigger than they were before. That's not particularly pleasant while you're doing it, but the end is something pretty important, a strengthening that takes place as there's a tearing apart. The military has to, to accomplish a whole bunch of very specific, important, tangible sort of set of skills and operations. And what it takes for them to learn those things are a strong, intense practice of training and repetition of drills 
so that when they hit a particular set of challenging circumstances, they know exactly what they're gonna do before they get into the circumstance. They already know how they're gonna operate. And very similar, this is how God uses our sufferings and challenges and the process of persevering through them and the strengthening of our character to, to then build hope. This is the math of hope. It is the repetition of enduring hardship, the repetition of enduring hardship while simultaneously receiving, learning godly insight and wisdom along the way. That's how our hope grows. And he'll continue to do it if we keep going. He'll continue to grow hope in you as you keep learning every single step along the way. Then the next time you're faced with the circumstances that are tough, you'll go, man, this is still tough. But the reservoir of hope that I can tap into because it's tied to a character that's really mature and rich now in him, you won't waffle or vacillate as much. That's his hope for you and his desire for you to turn suffering into hope as we persevere and allow him to build up our character. I'm coming up on 50 years old and I've seen God get me through a lot. In my journey, I've seen him get me through a lot, get my mom through a lot. A natural father that took off when I was little, uh, get me through epilepsy and surgery, uh, seizures, get me through other health issues, get me through relational issues, get me through losing my amazing adoptive dad at 40 years old too soon, get me through a whole bunch of stuff that was a product of my bad choices, get me through a whole bunch of stuff that was the product of somebody else's bad choices. And yet I stand here today and I'll tell you, I'm way more hopeful than I was even 10 or 20 years ago. Even though more sufferings have happened, I'm more hopeful because of the track record of this process of hope. It works. Better than that, God works. And so he's gonna get you through. Whether you're under the weight of something really crazy right now that I can't even comprehend, you keep going and you learn what he's got for you. If it's been one wave after another, don't let that be the cause for you to doubt. Let that be the cause for you to see yet again the process whereby grows more, more hope in you, more faith in you, more strength in you. He's gonna do it. So don't give up, keep learning. And your hope, my hope will abound. It will, I guarantee it. And so gracious heavenly father, thank you, thank you, thank you for these amazing brothers and sisters that are here. Amazing family of people online all over the place. We are all in desperate need of hope. And so thank you, Lord, for making a way for hope to be found and actually expand and grow best through hardship and suffering. I pray for those that are under a particularly heavy weight right now, Lord, that you would give them the strength to persevere, 
to keep going, to endure, give them courage to not give up. I pray for those that are on a particular weight, that you would attune their ears, their heart to your voice, that they'd continue to learn more about themselves and more important, more about you. And that as a result of that, that you'd get them through the fire, you'd get them out the other side, full of hope. Pray that you'd send people around them right now to be a tangible help to them in their suffering. I pray that they would sense that you are closer than their breath right now. God, give us all the grace too that we need in this messy journey of persevering. Thank you that you're our sympathetic high priest that we can approach the throne of grace with confidence to find our help that we need anytime that we need it. May hope abound. Right now, by the power of your spirit, would you just stop the work of the enemy and the hearts and the minds and the circumstances even of those that are facing a bleak, hopeless outlook. And by the power of your spirit, would you make hope abound? We know you're a God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. We'll be quick to give you the praise and the glory for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, if today's episode encouraged you or helped you in any way, we would invite you to keep following Jesus with us. We send out a daily video text devotional. You can receive that and you can learn how to gather with us online or in person for our weekend services. All of that is available over at cp.news. That's the letter C, the letter P.news on your phone or desktop or tablet browser. Thanks again for joining us and please join me again next week for the Connection Point Podcast.